Well, hello and welcome to the Darren Clarkson King podcast. I'm Darren Clarkson King. And for those that listen to this podcast, you'll know I'm a kayaker, predominantly in the Himalayas, but in North Wales when I'm in the UK, which is going to be for some weeks, isn't it? But that's all right, you know. We can all pause for the cause. We can work this out. We can show humility for humanity and love for people we've never even met. And uh, everyone's going to get through this. And this is obviously a COVID podcast. And I said I'd probably bang a couple of COVID podcasts out with some regularity. And, uh, you know, it's early morning. And uh, I'm drinking some coffee. And I'm just going to talk about stuff. Now, I've had quite a few messages on my Facebook. Because I'm a talkative kind of guy. And I have no life. and spend a lot of time on social media at the moment. And uh, people have been asking me about throw lines and what you should have in your buoyancy pocket as um, normal I've got my coffee on so let's talk about throw lines any throw lines good if you're a swimmer it isn't it you know if you're swimming down that rapid and someone lobs you a, a bag uh, you're gonna catch it aren't you obviously you don't want a super thin wire uh, Throw lines and a couple of American bags that are a bit thin, but I've swum in the past and been uh, lucky enough to be bagged by somebody that had an American bag. And while the the rope was thin and cheese wiry, I caught it and I got to the bank and that's fine. You got some European bags, seem to have a bit th- thicker rope. There's there's not a lot of difference in the price points. You know, if you're spending thirty, forty, fifty quid on a bag, they're all good. If you're going to be buying one of these cheap you know, fourteen ninety nine bags off eBay. Someone's life's gonna depend on it, innit? There are there are companies and I'm not gonna name and shame that have shockingly bad rope, shockingly bad stitching on the bags. And the rope's actually heat welded together in the factory when they knock out a twenty metre bag and They've got 15 metres into it and then they realise they need five more metres but they're at the end of the reel. You know, they're just hot knife and another bit of rope on the end. Or whatever. And it's a bit shocking, that, isn't it? So, just if, you, if you're going to buy a bag, you know, spend a bit of money and get a decent bag. Make sure you look after it as well. Don't be one of these, you know, idiots that leaves it in your boat overnight and uh, it freezes on you if it's paddling, it's paddling cold or you leave it constantly packed. Hmm. Excuse me, because it's not going to look after your rope in the slightest. Now, you can get small bags. There's a HF Weasel, I think, was one of the small bags to come out originally. Palm have got one the same. I'm trying to think of what other brands. Uh, I'm sure Nookie have got another similar bag. They're really handy. Uh, if you've got small hands, uh, then they chuck really well. You know, you, you can really get some distance on them. They're not very long. Uh, rope wise, they're really good for swim rescues, your bank safety, uh, stuff like that. Not super good for if you're having to put tension on your rope and pussocks because pussocks don't tend to attach super well to small bag rope, especially because you don't have the length for a mechanical system or a, a tension system necessarily. But you need to know what you're using it for. The uh, the HF Little Fish is a really good little bag. Uh, Ideally, if you're a raft guide on the back of your raft and you just need to like bang one off uh, super quick, 
it's like chucking a sling without the carabine on the end. And I think Steve Wetman, Wetman Equipment, I think he's got one as well called the Rivervat, very similar system. And uh, it's great, you know, super tiny, slips into your PFD, works really well. Now, some people are like, oh, I carry two throw lines, I have a small throw line for instant, you know, chucking at people. Mm. And I have a much longer line in the back of my boat for setting up all this, you know, getting boats unpinned and obviously way bigger washing lines when you're in the Alps. Now, why can't you just have one bag? And have your big bag as your bag. Have your bigger bag as your bag. And when you're on the bank, yeah, of course you're not going to chuck 20 metres, are you? But you can easily like get handfuls of open and lob it out onto the bank. So you've got a 10 metre or 15 metre bag. And you've got a lot of spare rope. And that's a really good thing. If you are getting a throw line, make sure it's clean. You know, make sure there's no great big chucking handles on it. I know my, my American brothers and sisters, you love them, don't you? You love handles, and Germans, you love them as well. But, you know, we, for, as Brits, we don't want that rubbish. So make sure you don't have any big handles on there. Get those taken straight off. Write your name on your bag. Always. It's a bit hard if you've got a black HF bag. But they do make it in, like, a yellow colour now and a red. Uh, but, but write your name on it. Also write the date you buy it on. So that reminds you, you know, in a couple of years' time, you might want to update your bag, even if you've not chucked it. If it's just sat in your kit bag and you've not looked after it, you're going to have grit and sand and all sorts of bobbins that wears away at that rope. So it will just remind you, you know, every couple of years you might want to update your bag. But, you know, it is what it is, isn't it? Now, you know, as I'm drinking my coffee and talking rubbish, I hope that's been a bit of help. Spend a bit of money. The difference in throw lines is really the difference between a like a Ford Focus and a Vauxhall Astra. You know, there's not a lot of difference. It's the same thing, isn't it? It does the same job. So the throw lines, as far as I'm concerned, are all much with muchness. Uh, check what you want to use it for. You know, you don't have to be buying one of these Salamander guide belt things. You know, and. Uh, I really like the Salamander Guide Belt, I think it's a great bit of kit. It's got obvious flaws in it, but it's nice. If you're wearing a waist-mounted throw line, be careful, gang. Be super careful. Mm. I know lots of brands allow you to wear waist-mounted bags. Do I wear waist-mounted? I've got a waist-mounted bag. I tie it to the centre pillar. I only wear it as a waist-mounted bag when I'm scouting. I very rarely wear it as a waist-mounted bag when I'm paddling. You know, but that's personal choice. There's obviously positives and negatives to a waist-mounted bag. I'm sure we all know these. And uh, if we don't know these, then uh, find me some comments or message me privately and I'll probably talk about them. I don't want to talk about them now. Right, anyway, that's sort of seven minutes in, isn't it? And uh, half a cup of coffee. Hmm. But I've had a few people ask me about what's in my PFD or my buoyancy aid. Now... For me, I've got an astral green jacket, and again, we know there's no product placement in this. Nobody gives me free stuff, all right. And uh, I'm just talking about the stuff I use. So I got an astral green jacket, and it's in like a, uh, what colour is it? My Little Pony blue. But I've just before this lockdown, I've just got a new cocktail one, which is called the Hustler R or Hustler, yeah, Hustler. So I've got that one. 
on the face of it, they're very similar jackets. You know, they've both got chest harnesses, they've both got shoulder straps, they've both got reflective piping, and they've both got pockets. But, you know, yeah, like I say, they're both uh, American, so the, the chest harness sits a bit lower than a British or European one. And they've both got relatively similar float on them. I think the cockatat's a little bit higher float. I'm just looking in the back here to see if it tells me. But I can't see. But yeah, they've both got a bit of similar flotation on there. Mm. Anyway, let's look at the, uh, the green jacket. Because the green jacket's the jacket I've been wearing. And while I'm looking at it, I'll transfer my stuff over into my cockatat. So what we've got on the outside of it, attached to one of the shoulder straps, I've got a whistle. This whistle's on a quick release and a bit of webbing. And that's on my left shoulder strap. I can reach that whistle without using my hands. I can just reach down and, uh, you know, blow it. Hmm. So yeah, have a whistle on there. Uh, especially if you're going to go to the Hacienda, then you, you probably want that. Then in my pocket, big pocket on a green jacket. Watch my pocket. I've got a sweet wrapper, don't want that. I've got a sling, this is a Whitman sling. Other slings are available. And it's quite long, it's yellow. It's got a carabiner, screw gate on the end of it. HMS screw gate on the end of it. Uh, I've got a knife, which is an NRS Pilot. And that just sits inside the PFD. It's not on the outside on the knife tab, Principally because I'm not Rambo. Uh, I don't like knives on the outside. I just think in you know all the years I've been a paddling, I've never needed my knife super quick. I have needed my knife when I've been able to get it out one-handed and use it. I sometimes have a folding knife. Peak, I've got one with a little bite tab thing on it. I'm sure Palm, I've got one with a little bite tab on it. And uh, yeah, loads of knives. Don't get a little pointy knife. You don't want a pointy knife, and don't tie it on. You know, like, if you have your knife tied on, you're just asking for that to, you know, flail around in moving water and stab you. You know, and I've seen it happen. When I was guiding back in Norway, back in 98, yeah, 98, a guide on the back of the raft with his knife on the outside and a knife, a knife tab, and it was tied on with a bit of bungee cord. And he sort of did a buckle kick coming off a drop and his at the back and his knife you know his knife bounced out and his knife penetrated the front tube of the raft which when you've got six people in your raft is a bit dodgy now he's now t effectively tied to that raft because if he leans back the tension on his bungee cord is great it pulls his knife out and he's now got a knife flying through the raft which you know is one of the main reasons not to have your knife tied on in any way, shape, or form. Excuse me then. Hmm. So what else have I got in my pocket and cockatiel? I've got not cockatiel. Sorry, my green jacket. What else have I got? I've got another couple of carabiners. Uh, I've got a thing called a wizard sleeve, which is a wetman thing, and a couple of crab sticks, which are wetman things. So that's my crab. Another crab there. I've got an O-ring, just a box standard O-ring in there. And I've got, uh, what's in there? I've got a Glenrock. 
and then a little white glen rock from the magic cave on the glen so that's what's in my main pocket there's also what what gets dropped in there is a foil blanket sometimes and my spot if i'm away i'll have a spot in there or my phone will go in there i don't take a posh smartphone on the river because i don't want to i take a little nokia brick thing right what else have i got in this uh, green jacket this is it i've got side left side there's like a rib pocket lower rib pocket that's got my pussocks in it and on the other side which is very very interesting uh, i've got a cow's tail i've got a super long cow's tail that's tucked away nice and clean uh i like the cow's tail but i know there's a time and a place for cow's tails isn't there principally on cows but uh we don't use them a lot in britain when i move over to the cocktail jacket the cow's tail won't be on there because uh, I tend to use a cocktail while I want to use it by in Burton. Cow's tails, I like them. I like them for tying myself off to a bank if I need to, if I'm doing like a dodgy scout or stuff like that. It also gives me what is um, really an, another sling, because I ain't got a black bungee cow's tail, I've just got a big bit of webbing, and that's a Steve Wetman long sling thing, uh, anaconda or whatever it's called, I don't know. You know, it's a bit of webbing in it with an o-ring on the end and a carabiner but what it gives me is basically another sling and another crab so that PFD set up there I've got three crabs two slings knife pussocks a couple of o-rings I've got o-rings because they work and uh, they don't tend to get nicked if you've got pulleys you tend to get nicked especially if uh, you're paddling in countries where people can't get that sort of stuff and you haven't any washing line uh, people some people are not very nice, and they walk off with your stuff. So that's what I've got, and that's what's in my PFD. So I like it. Now, like I say, I've got the, uh, what colour? Yeah, like I say, I've got the My Little Pony blue on the green jacket, and I've got uh, like a limey manta green or something it's called on the cockatat. I have got a black bonus here, I've talked about this before. Black slimming, and it? it goes with everything. But yeah, I don't know what else to talk about. But yeah, fur lines and PFDs, they're super important. Do you need a harness? I've done seasons and seasons paddling, guiding with no harness. I'm not convinced it's that important. On the flip side, it's really important. It's like super important that you've got one. It's also really, really important that you know how it works. So if you don't know how your harness works, you probably best not use it. Because if you use it wrong, it'll really hurt you, all of the people. So be sensible if you're getting a PFD with a harness. Palm and Peak UK have got an awesome harness system on their, on their products. British, European PFDs tend to have a higher harness than American ones. There are reasons for it, I'm not going to go into it, I'm sure Dr Collins will tell you all about it in one of his papers. But anyway, do that. So I talk about helmets, because I've had a couple of people asking me what helmets, and, uh, you know, should they buy a full facer for creaking? I will. That's it, I will. I don't. Bear with me. A full facer. Do you need a full facer for creak boating? Hmm. I've only ever worn a full facer twice. Both times for photo shoots or uh, videos. And I think that sort of underpins why 
are my thoughts on full faces. Only two sorts of people need to wear full faces. Those that are really vain or those that are really ugly. Now, yes, I know. Rocks on class two hurt just as much as rocks on class five. And a, a rock to the face is going to really sting. And it is. And, you know, there is a time and a place for full faces. I mean, when I first started paddling river paddlers, we used to have Protec helmets with American football face masks, face guards bolted onto the helmets, you know, made your helmet wave ton. You know, Johnny P, I'm pretty sure, wore one right up until he was British champion in freestyle. Now, there's a time and a place for having a full face or a chin guard on your helmet, there is. Do I like him? No. I reckon he's Fleming in Norway can knock all the drops he's doing off with a strutter on, then most paddlers can paddle with a normal helmet. Having said that, you know, some people value the teeth more than me. I've not got very good teeth, most of my follow I've actually, at the moment, I'm waiting for the dentist. I can't get to the dentist uh, because of COVID. But I had a bit of a filling in Leigh last year and uh, the tooth below the filling's just cracked and the filling's fallen out and it really hurts. And uh, probably means that you shouldn't spend a hundred rupees on a filling in a back street dentist in Leigh. Because like a good dentist would have fixed it. Similarly, you shouldn't really have dentist work done in the back streets in Kathmandu because you get gangrene. But it's still cheaper than going to a booper dentist. Right, helmets. What do I wear in FNA? I've told you this before. Struttles, I like them. Struttles, yeah, they're fine. The loads of oh, helmets are all fine. There's no bad helmet on the market unless you're buying some 30 quid, you know, Chinese flexi rubbish, you know, the sort of thing that is not as strong as the bowl that you're having your breakfast out of. But yeah, your helmet, just full faces. There's a time and a place for full faces, you know. Full faces make it really hard to have a drink, really hard to have a drink, and super difficult to put your sunglasses on. So just be careful. If you, if you are wearing a full face, there's a time and a place for it in there. And that's it. We've talked about bonuses and fur lines. I could talk about shoes as well. I'm going to talk about shoes. Because if we're talking about like river kit, then shoes. Get a decent pair of shoes. I use Astral. I don't need to. There's loads of different shoes on the market. 510. I never got on with 510. But there's a time and a place for 510. Uh, there's a time and a place for the palm ones. I, you know, the, the palm ones are really good. Uh... River shoes, but then you, do you have to buy a dedicated river shoe? That's the question. And I'm going to tell you, you don't. You don't have to buy a dedicated river shoe. Don't be pissing about with these little neoprene booty things or to think you're going to get away with wearing Crocs because you're just not. You need a good shoe. Will you get away with wearing a sports sandal like a Chaco or a Teva? Certain situations, yeah, you will. And uh, <clears throat> if you're doing some hardcore creaking, then probably not. Will you get away wearing chapels or flip-flops? No. But you wear, get, get a nice shoe. Get, get a good shoe that you can get in your boat with. Now, do you have to buy a dedicated kayaking shoe? No. The best pair of river shoes I ever had was Adidas Gazelles. Somebody had, I was working at a rafting centre and a customer had left them behind in a lost property and they stayed there for six months and nobody collected them, so I took them. Adidas Gazelles, low profile, Pretty grippy on wet rock, to be honest. It worked really well. Now, 
I've got friends that wear skate shoes. They work super good. In the days of the topper, wearing a high-tech uh, trail boot, like a lightweight running trail boot thing, they worked really well. Now, when you do go for a dip, or if you go for a swim, if you've got big boots on, like the high-tech trail boot, you're going to find it a bit tricky, aren't you? So it's a bit of a balancing act. Should you wear ankle protection on your shoes? Yeah, probably. You should have quite high ankles, probably. Have I got ankle protection on mine? No. I got the low cut ones. Why? Just because I have. There's no real reason. I don't overthink it. But yeah, get some good shoes. Get some good laces in there. Don't be pissing about. You know. But to try and avoid those neoprene sort of slipper things. They're alright if you're doing slalom. And probably alright if you're doing play if you're playboating. But if you've got any portaging to do, or scouting to do, or wading in rivers to do, then they're just rubbish out there. So don't, don't be having them. And then look after them. Don't leave them in your kit bag. Never leave them in your kit bag. Also, if you're flying somewhere with them, with them on, and you've, you're basically going to hot country, so you've got your flip-flops and your river shoes, and that's the only shoes you've got. On the, air, on the airplane, fly in your river shoes. Don't be flying in your flip-flops. And uh, A, because it dries them out a bit. Because airports and planes tend to be a bit hotter than uh, leaving them wet in your bag. And secondly, you will get a little bit of stink off them. So the person sat next to you will have to move and you tend to get a go to yourself. Uh, that's my advice. Anyway, we've talked a bit about gear. I've waffled on. It's been nice, hasn't it? Anyway, I hope you guys and girls are all doing well with this COVID thing. Drink coffee, gang. Drink coffee, drink some tea. If you're going to have a cup of tea, put it in a china cup and a saucer. Take your time over it. You're in no rush, are you? You're in no rush. And we've got this. And this is episode 10, and I never thought I'd get to episode 10. But I've got there. Uh, thanks for listening, if you are listening. I've enjoyed talking to nobody. I've quite enjoyed talking about Kit, as people know. Could uh, people message me about it? You guys know how to message me. You can message me purely on expeditions.com. And uh, you find me on Facebook, you can message me on the podcast and all that. Anyway, have a lovely day.